Before we begin, just to let you guys know, our logo artwork was designed by Nicole Anarchy and music by Taylor Paisley French. Warning, this podcast does contain spoilers for the Verse series. Hello everyone and welcome to the Best Damn Camp, a run worth read-along analysis podcast that sets out to read all the books by Rick Rowden in timeline order. I'm your host Fran, author of the Echoes of the Past short story, the first story in the Into the Wild series, and welcome to the show. Yes, I'm getting these self-promotions in. Don't judge me, it's my podcast, you have to deal with it. But anyway, we're going to get right into it this time instead of a huge self-promotion like I did last week. So today we are continuing our timeline journey with the Kane Chronicles, The Throne of Fire, Chapter 3, The Ice Cream Man Plots Our Death, and Chapter 4, A Birthday Invitation to Armageddon, which are from Sadie's point of view. As always, I've got my points to focus on, so today we'll be focusing on characters and generally what I thought of it. But to begin, here's the synopsis. Returning back, the magicians settle for the night, with Sadie being transported to Egypt where she hears the worrying news that Des Jardins and his new Russian friend know what they're up to. Waking, the news is broken to their recruits that they have that they have four days to save the world. But first, Sadie is going home for her birthday. <sighs> So let's get into it. So <laughs> let's start first, of course, with chapter three, because three becomes before four. So becomes before four. Good God, Fran. English is your first language. <sighs> because three comes before four. So this is the overview for chapter three, The Ice Cream Man Plots Our Death. Returning to Brooklyn House, still aflame and with a comatose jazz, the members of the house get to working, get to work with helping her. Thankfully for Sadie, Bass knows how to stop the fire. Turns out the scroll is the piece of book of, of the Book of Ra, but it's only one piece. In the morning, they can read it as it is better to read during the sun to control. But for now, Sadie thinks on her return to London tomorrow before falling asleep. Of course, her sleep doesn't go undisturbed as she finds her bar travelling to Egypt. Desjardins, the new chief lector, is not looking well, and his new Russian friend is pushing him to attack the Canes. They know they have the scroll, they know they're following the path of the gods, and they know where the other scrolls are. A new dark age is coming, and they think the Canes will be responsible for it. But Sadie doesn't find out more when she's woken by Amos. It's her birthday, but things aren't going well so far. And that's basically the overview for chapter three. And honestly, I quite like that we're getting, it's like, I know I usually say I don't like that we're getting, you know, told and not shown to these dreams sort of situations. But in this case, we're kind of not really being told anything that we can't learn on our own. Wait, no, hold on. 
we're not being told anything that is kind of like just giving us the information like the stuff that we're learning you know is significant to learn and is being learned in a way that isn't kind of giving us like plot points this is more literally just being told hey you guys are being watched and you know you're gonna struggle trying to find the rest of the scrolls because the house and the first gnome are after you all so you know be careful because they'll kill you they've basically hired an assassin now so you know that's all fun and good and you know that's good, useful information to know and like i said it's not plot relevant well it is like relevant but it's not like it's not like a huge plot point that we're being told through a dream because i hate that stuff this is kind of slightly different so you know i'm less averse to it as i was like with the prophecy dreams in percy jackson but um i quite like it the only thing i want to bring up first <laughs> with feedback is rick still does not understand english people and it is a consistent theme in these two chapters and it's getting irritating <laughs> like firstly firstly we don't call rich or fancy places posh we call them fancy posh is what a person is not a place you know you don't say oh this is well some people say this is a posh house but it's usually fancy fancy is usually the word that we use especially kids kiss says posh you talk about a posh accent like i for example have a posh accent or i have a posh sounding accent but my like aunt who like live in a fancy house i like i just said they live in a fancy house i don't say they live in a posh house no 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 it's like that whole situation it's like it's like posh and rex or, or you know posh spice and david beckham but like posh is a per like literally oh my god literally that's a great example well the, 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 the spice girls literally one of the people in the group was called posh spice a very literal example that posh is more often than not intended for a person not a place so it's not a posh room it's a fancy room it's a fancy room literally to speak to any english person anyway we also don't say bleeding firstly if you're gonna say anything it's usually bloody it's usually something like bloody hell it's like oh for god's sake what bloody hell is going on oh my god oh i've i've stubbed i've stubbed my bloody toe sort of situation like it's a sweat sort of thing but it's bloody not bleeding sometimes i've heard but it's usually like ancient people i say that as someone who's older now but like some people who say bleed in hell firstly that's usually a northerner sort of thing or it's someone who's above the age of 40. it's not a 12 year old girl or i guess in this case a 13 year old girl now but still and in general it doesn't work in the case of the sentence anyway the sound system was what was the thing hold on the sounds because I, I edited it to make it sound better um the sound system was um <laughs> oh yeah the sound system was absolutely bleeding edge absolutely bleeding edge no who said i've never heard that phrase in my life it was bleeding edge no just say simply it was abs it was absolutely insane 
Like, that's the more logical choice there. Bleeding edge isn't a thing. Especially not in England. <laughs> like, it's insane. Just, like, I get what your meaning is that, you know, it's really cool. It just seems, like, insane. Like, like it's intense. Like, it's brilliant. It's amazing because, you know, you've got sound barriers, but you can blast it so loud because the sound system is epic. Stuff like that. Bleeding edge. <laughs> You're basically trying to say it's state of the art or something, but wanted to sound like a kid from England. And I'm like, no, you failed. Terribly. <sighs> and I just, there is, there's more in the next chapter. Additionally, I do want to bring up now as well. Stop calling friends mates. It's every, every single time Sadie refers to her friends, she calls them mates. No one says mate that often about friends unless they're Australian and that's a half joke. But still, you know, I sometimes call my friends my mates, but not every single time. Like it got, was getting irritating because she had like a whole discussion about her friends and every single time it uses the word mates. I know you're trying to sound English, but this is not English. <sighs> it's really irritating as an English person. Because, like, you can, I can see he's trying, but he's really not at the same time. Because if he'd spoken to any singular English person of a young age, he would know. Even what watch kids' programmes. Watch British, watch bloody Tracy Beaker, mate. Watch Tracy Beaker. That was going on at the time. Watch Tracy Beaker. You'll know what we talk about with our friends. You'll understand childhood lingo. Come on, bro. <laughs> it's just, there are so many things. That you, oh, you can watch Tracy Beaker, The Queen's Nose. What other one? Blue Peter. I know that's technically adults, but watching Blue Peter, they have kids, come on. Like, there are various, even Young Dracula. There are various children's shows here in the UK that you could have watched to understand what kids talk like here in England, but you didn't. Ah! Anyway, so, <laughs> the only thing I really want to talk about, um, firstly, I do wish that a big part of Sadie's character wasn't about boys, because there is way too much stuff here about her being upset that Walt seemingly is interested in jazz, but then also talks about how she has a poster of Anubis on her wall. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm so tired of Sadie. I know people are going to hate me for it, but come on. This is really the most we can do with her personality is make her be upset. And she even says she knows it's weird and wrong. She knows it's weird and wrong. I'm like, I know. And why is Rick doing this to me? <laughs> Sorry, I stopped yelling into the mic. The only other thing I want to talk about is that we're rehashing the same situation. So she's listening to Adele and she's having this memory about, you know, the last time she listened to this was when her dad... And Carter were coming to pick her up on Christmas Eve. Um, and then she started thinking about, you know, uh, what was it she said? But basically, it, it did the usual thing of irritating me. Which I think is a consistent thing these days now. Um, about Sadie. It's just that she just doesn't seem to learn anything. 
Sorry, I know you're listening to all the page turning. Okay, so it's just like, um, blah, 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 Adele sang about someone ripping her heart out, blah, blah, blah. Um, uh, last Christmas, the song made me think of my family as well, my mum who died, and my father and Carter who travelled the world together and left me in London with my grandparents and didn't seem to need me in their lives. Wrong! You know this! Additionally, she then follows it up with saying, of course, I knew it was more complicated than that. There'd been a nasty custody battle involving lawyers and spatula attacks and dad had wanted to keep Carter and me apart. No, he didn't. Even I know this. He didn't want to keep them apart. He was told he had to. He had literally no choice. He wanted to keep them together. Always had. But he was made to give, like, made to separate them by her grandparents and I just and I got they mentioned about the whole magic situation I need to bring this up by the way the whole the reason why they're separated is because when they're together bad things with magic happens that hasn't happened thus far they've brought this up a few times but I, I think maybe once yeah once in the museum before Zia but that's the only time it's happened so far I don't think it ever happens again so, you know, it's the same thing with, um, you know, don't say a god's name because it gives them power, thing in Percy Jackson, but then everyone says that all of their names and it literally means nothing in the end. Anyway, but like, that did kind of irritate me because that's not remotely true. Like, we're told in the text itself that their dad wanted to keep them both, but it was the Fausts who wanted to separate them because of the danger of keeping them together. And the Fausts had the first gnome on their side. The first gnome was working with the Fausts to separate the Kane children. And Sadie does know this. So it irritates me that she's still... And this is the thing. She is not remotely blaming her grandparents. There is no blame or... A distrust or hatred towards them in any form even though they are also the reason she was split from her family in fact they are the main reason she was split from her family but at no point in the series does she ever resent them for doing so and also doesn't resent them for also having no interest in having Carter in their lives either which he is her brother and she abandons him regularly for time with the Fausts. And he is left alone. He has no one besides Amos and her. And yet she doesn't see an issue with leaving him behind. And doesn't see an issue with the Fausts' treatment of him. <sighs> Sadie, Sadie does my head in. Anyway, sorry, we'll go into the next chapter. The next chapter is not any better, mate. Oh God. Oh God. Sadie's ruining me. <laughs> yeah, chapter four doesn't get any better. So let's get into let's get into it with the overview for chapter four: a birthday invitation to Armageddon. A new day begins, and we head down to breakfast, which, of course, is a dreary affair as we learn the plan and situation. Apophis is rising, and in four days, we'll try to break from his prison. To stop this from happening. He must find the last of the Book of Ra and find the oldest god to bring him back to the world. They'd need an ultimate power to fight another, and that's what Ra is. So the Cain siblings will go on a quest to find him. 
While they do this, Bass will return to Apophis's prison to make sure he's secure for now, and Amos will take over teaching. Though, not now, because Sadie wants her birthday in London. Carter, unsurprisingly, is not happy about this, nor is he happy that she doesn't believe him about the message about Zia from the Plague Spirits. They part on bad terms and Sadie returns to the Fausts in London, but finds something rather unwelcoming waiting for her. And that is how chapter four ends. And if you can't tell why this chapter is worse for me, I'm gonna get into it. So, firstly I wanna go back to the English situation <laughs> because uh, we don't have middle school in the UK. And yet, Sadie says, <laughs> she wishes, what was it that she said exactly? Because it was stupid. Um, oh, this is it, to do with Kafu. So Kafu made one grunting noise and like articulated an entire sentence for Bast. And she was like, oh, I wish my classes had been like this because then I would have gotten through middle school and high school easily. And the first thing I thought was, we have neither of those things. In some places they do call it a high school, but no, secondary school is what it is labelled, which is also middle school. So middle school in the US would be the first few years of secondary school. Like secondary school is your middle school and high school combined. Like, Sadie would not know what those things are. I barely know what middle school, I know kind of what high school is. I don't even know what middle school is. I don't know what years that is. I don't know how old you are in high school either. Everyone talks about freshmen and they're like, oh yeah, like when you're 11 and it's your first year. And they're like, no, no, no. Was it like 14 or 15? You're like a freshman or something? Like, what? <laughs> the whole situation is just confusing to me. So it would be confusing to say you too. But like, this is basics. You just have to look up the UK school system and it will tell you it is, it is nursery, which not everyone goes to, which is like babies to like four-year-olds, primary school, which is four-year-olds to 10 slash 11-year-olds, secondary school, which is 11 to 16, although now it is further, because that's basically secondary school is 11 to 16. But you have the further education, which everyone has to do, which is for two years, which is 16 to 18. And then you go on to university. That's how it works. Like that is basic information that is on the internet. <sighs> Come on, Rig. Literally, that is basic. Like that just irritated me to no point because that is, like all the other stuff I can half get up, like the nuances of language, I can half get. But not even knowing how the education system works in a character that is meant to be from England does piss me off a little because it shows the lack of care Rick has had for this series. I will I will say that blatantly. I do think Rick did not care about the King Chronicles as much as he should have. And this is just one example of that for me. Because like I said, I don't know how middle school works. Sadie's been in the US for about eight weeks, maybe nine. Well no, probably nine or ten. She won't be going she doesn't go to school in the US. She's never been to school in the US. She would not know the middle school and high school system. Like, it's just somewhat insulting if I'm honest because it just shows a lack of care and research for this series. 
And it's, yeah, it's just, it's disappointing to me. But going back to the main character situation, and like I was saying early, uh, early and even in last week's episode as well, Sadie hasn't developed as a character at all. Like, remotely. Like, it's been eight, nine weeks since the events of the first book. And she is still just as impulsive, just as self-centred, just as selfish as she was then. And though she is recognising it this time, which is, you know, I guess a bit of an improvement, she's doing it all anyway. Like, she is responsible for Jazz getting hurt because of her impulsive actions. She's just been told that they'll be hunted the moment they leave Brooklyn House and then immediately threw a hissy fit to leave Brooklyn House and go back to London because it's her birthday. Like, the whole scene, like, she knows that she is being selfish (laughs) because she has this whole thing of, like, they say, oh, we'll leave soon and she goes, no, it's my birthday. And look, I know she's 13 and I know they were just trying to save the world like nine, ten weeks ago. But still, that is not cool. All these kids in this situation right here, and even her own brother, who is the one who's going to be saving the world with her, do not get a break, do not get time to, you know, celebrate these things. Like, Carter won't get time to do any of this. I don't, we don't even know when Carter's birthday is, and we never find out when Carter's birthday is, by the way. Which irritates me, because he's a main character, and all main characters, we all know when their birthdays are. But we don't know Carter's, and it actually upsets me, <laughs> because he's a main character, he deserves to have a birthday in canon. Anyway, carrying on. I just... <sighs> Sadie is disappointing to me as a character. Because these first four chapters are just a perfect example for me as to why I... Firstly, I don't understand why people like her as a character. Because she is so one note that it's honestly irritating. And she just doesn't change. Like She is the same person she was in the first book as she is now. Carter has at least changed. Like He's still like a stickler for the rules and really doesn't like you know, going into things unprepared. But he has changed, like he's stronger, he's smarter, he's, you know, more comfortable with himself as a person. I can't think of any way Sadie's changed except she's a little bit more self-aware of her selfish behaviours. That's essentially it. And she was mad that everyone forgot her birthday, except the cat. Though, honestly, I don't get why she's sad that everyone forgot, because most of these kids, she's known less than seven weeks. And Carter has never got to spend a birthday party with her for the last six years. So why would he know? And also, he's the one currently having to be burdened with this information that the world is ending. So he's probably a little bit too preoccupied to think, oh yeah, it's my sister's birthday tomorrow. Or it's my sister's birthday coming up. (sighs) Secondly, she's caused all the trouble so far by not listening to anyone and also not doing her research properly. This is the thing that I forgot to bring up in the first cha- two chapters. Sadie kind of gets really mad that, you know, Carter's announcement of like, oh, we got to go steal the statue was too, like, very late, which also not his fault. It just means Horace was being an idiot and doesn't know how time works. But she's like, oh, I didn't exactly have time to think this through. And I'm like, honey, you have time to look on the web, like on, on the internet to see what's going on at the museum. 
Like museums have lists of events that would usually include weddings. So, you know, saying, oh, I didn't know people would be here. I'm like, I feel like you would though, because surely that would be information that would be on their... I don't know, maybe, I'm, maybe that's, museums are different in the US than they are in the UK, but usually these things are laid out as to like what events are happening at that museum, but I don't know, maybe not. I could just be being a little bit too <laughs> too pedantic towards Sadie, but you know, who knows. Anyway, oh, and like I said, unless it was different back in 2011 as well. Um, And then finally, like I said, she does throw a hissy fit about not, about not being able to go back to London for her birthday to the point that she like puts her foot down and says, I am going. Even though Carter is, you know, protesting and Amos does eventually say yes, but probably because he knows that she would continue to throw a hissy fit or go anyway. And then, you know, has the decency to realise that she's being self selfish about it. But then does it anyway. And then has the audacity to kind of, you know, when her... Okay, this is the thing. This is the thing that pisses me off. So she says to Carter, a man who... Oh, not a man. A boy who has never had a home of his own, who's always been on the go... Has always been on the run, basically, as, you know, as it was laid out in the first book. That, you know, she says, oh, I really need to get away from here. I really need a break. And he responds with, so do I. So she is basically making it worse by state by basically not caring about his own feelings. Like he is, he's weighed down with so much more at the moment of the weight of, you know, being the older sibling, of the weight of possibly having to become the future pharaoh as well. Like that's a decision he's going to have to make at some point. The fact that Zia's life is now in his hands. The fact that his sister's life is going to be in his hands in general. The fact that the world is ending in four days and he was the one who found out about it and, you know, is the one who's going to have to make the decisions and has been making the decisions on how to save it and hasn't had a break either. And she doesn't really show any sympathy for that whatsoever. And then has the further audacity to when he tells her that this message from a plague spirit mentioned a sleeping girl in you know whatever I called it in the red sands and he thinks that means Zia and then she I know like with this whole thing she he thought he saw a message from Zia and his mashed potatoes and so she doesn't have any reason to believe him but still a plague spirit talking to him about a girl sleeping you know Oh, whatever it's called in the sands <laughs> um you know there's no reason to not believe it, but also it's important information either way and it's something that was shown to him and told to him and then she goes oh the the, the line i hate the most is the last thing she says to him because it's so unfair um what was it and so she went so your dream last night and he was like oh I don't you know she says whatever you saw I must have been bad because he looked really like worried about it and he's like I don't know I'm not sure I see and then she's the one who gets irritated so Carter didn't want to tell me we were keeping oh we were about to keep secrets from each other the fucking audacity of this child saying oh we're about to keep secrets from each other honey you're the one keeping secrets from him in the first place he never kept secrets from her in that first book 
and I res I'm resenting Sadie right now because she is the one who kept every single secret. Carter never kept secrets from her. Especially about things that... <laughs> anything that was related to Sadie, he always told her. Everything that was related to the situation, he always told her. Literally, the only thing he never told her about was seeing Zia at one time. But I think eventually he even did then. Like, he never kept anything from her. Sadie kept multiple things from him. I don't think he even knows that she spoke to Iskandar yet. As far as I'm aware, but Jesus. And she then goes, we'll continue this later then, see you tonight. And he went, you don't believe me about Zia. And she went, and you don't trust me, so we're even. And I'm like, fuck you, Sadie. Fuck you. Because that is so uncalled for. Because you don't believe him. You are leaving him behind. You are being selfish. <laughs> Everything right now is making you untrustworthy because you don't care. You don't care about other people. You've quite literally shown this, that you are more interested in having a normal day for your birthday and having this time to rest for yourself. Whereas everyone else, especially Carter, has had none of that either. I know she's younger than him, but it is, it is truly selfish and unkind. She is an this is the thing, Sadie is an unkind person to me, which I think is why I'm not vibing with her characters, because she has shown herself to be vindictive, selfish, unfair, unreasonable, and again, I said, I know she's a kid, but even still, one thing is bad enough for all these things together, and she's not grown remotely. And it just, it frustrates me because she does not care about Carter. Carter is clearly worried about her and even tells her like, you know, be safe. What was it that she says in response? Yeah, he says, be careful. I got you a birthday gift, but I'll wait until you come back. And it, so he still has the, like he's still worried about her but he is miserable like she recognises that he's miserable and then he tells her the whole situation and she kind of doesn't sympathise back she then just tries to poke holes in what he's telling her about Zia I don't know it just shows her as like an unsympathetic person to me or an unempathetic person and I just, I don't like characters like this. Characters who don't grow or change or show any semblance of decency. And like I said, I know I keep bringing it up. I know she's a kid. I know she's a kid and kids are selfish. But it doesn't mean I'm going to give her a break for it. Because she has shown that she knows that this isn't okay. She is sh herself has shown that she knows and recognises that Carter is just as miserable and just as stressed. And yet, she still goes... She doesn't even... This is the thing. She doesn't even invite her brother to celebrate her birthday with her. In fact, earlier, she was upset about the idea of having to spend her birthday with Carter. She is a selfish and unkind person. And I'm disappointed that she's continued to be this way and I'm kind of really not looking forward 
to seeing anything further from her because you know she's the same she's not changed and I doubt she will and that's disappointing to me well anyway just to kind of wrap things up I guess and stop me going on from ranting again about Sadie um yeah I'm disappointed with Sadie these chapters interesting plot wise we're learning some things about the whole situation with Ra which I know I didn't really talk about which was probably I probably would have been important to talk about but you know they have four days to save the world and stop Apophis from rising bring Ra back to helpfully stop Apophis from rising and destroying the world but honestly the main focus of these chapters though this was important it is overshadowed by Sadie's selfish behaviour which is why I think I didn't focus on it that much because it didn't feel that important in the end because it's not important to the character's point of view that we're in right now. Sadie recognises you know this is a bad thing and this is something we need to be focusing on but at the same time she is more interested in having her birthday than she is about planning to save the world. And I don't know, I think having that has made me focus less on the actual important information in this chapter of the fact that they are going to be saving the world and their enemies know that they're after the scrolls that will help them save the world. But anyway, I'll stop here. So, as always, to go into the thing that you're all waiting for, which is this week's question of the episode. I know I've ragged a lot on Sadie this episode, so I want to know for this week's question... Do you think Sadie was selfish to go home for her birthday? Obviously, that'll be going up on our social media, so be sure to drop your answer and comment there. Um, or email in as well, because I'd actually love to hear some more in-depth thoughts about this. Um, or drop me a DM on the Instagram as well. But um, yeah, that is the end of the episode. So, um, of course, <laughs> thank you all for joining me for these chapters. And be sure to join me next Wednesday as we continue our reverse journey. To plug where you can find our podcast, we are available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audio Boom, Stitcher, and basically wherever you listen to your podcasts. In the meantime, between episodes, you can find the Best Damn Camp on various social media at Best Damn Camp Pod on Instagram and Twitter. If you want to email me with your thoughts on the episode, you can email thebestdamncamp at hotmail.com, or if you want to support the podcast, you can head over to the Patreon page at patreon.com slash a healthy dose of Fran, which is linked in the episode show notes for things like early access to episodes and other exclusive perks. Want more Royal Universe content? Check me out on YouTube at a healthy dose of Fran. And if you want to support my writing career, drop me a follow at a dose of Fran on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Again, thank you all for tuning in. As always, I've been Fran, your very own hunter, and I'll see, shall I speak to you all next time. Bye.